know, we're at the conclusion of our series, What on Earth Am I Here For? We've been meeting for the last several weeks and talking about God's purposes for our lives. I, I hope you've been enjoying it. I hope you've been involved. I hope you've, you've been reading through the readings each day. And hopefully you've been involved in a small group and having some good time of fellowship and discussion and prayer and encouragement, because that's what it's all about. But we've reached a conclusion today, and as, as Bram announced, we will have our, our big celebration next week, so we're looking forward to that. Well, today uh, we're going to do something a bit different. Uh, Debbie and I, we're going to do a little bit of team, team teaching or team preaching this morning, so it's a little bit of change of pace. But uh, good morning, Debbie. Good morning. I want to make sure my mic is on. It's working. Great. Good morning. Well, before we get started, let's just, let's just have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, I pray that uh, the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts uh, may be acceptable in your sight, our Lord and our Redeemer. Amen. You know, during this series, we've looked at the five purposes for your life. You can see the banners behind us. They represent those five purposes. And we need to remember, we need to remember that you are not an accident. You are not an accident. You know, there are accidental parents, but there are no accidental children. There are illegitimate parents, but there are no illegitimate children. Your parents may not have planned you, but God did. And he planned you even before the foundation of the world. Your life has value. Your life has significance. You are not an accident. And the Bible says that God created you for five purposes, for five reasons, for for five assignments. And the Bible calls these five things your, your callings in life. And it's far more than your career or your job. It's your reason for existence. And God says, I made you. I created you for these five reasons. So what on earth am I here for? You see, first we looked at the first purpose. And the fact is that I am called to be loved. And the number, number one purpose of your life is that you were made. You were made to be loved by God. And until then, that you'll get it, nothing else is going to make sense. Nothing. You were made by God and for God. And that he made you to love you. With that foundation of love, and when you feel totally and completely loved by God, then you have the capacity, the capacity to move into every area of your life that he created you for and to experience a life in its fullness. And when you respond to God, his love for you in any shape or form, that is called worship, worship. And then the next, the next Sunday we met and we looked at, you are called to belong. You're called not just to be loved, you're called to belong. You're called to belong to God's family. You are not meant to, to go through life on your own. You are not a lone ranger, certainly. And you were made for connection. 
You are made for community. You see, we find our meaning and our purpose in the relationships to each other. So you see, you're made, you're created, and you're called to belong. And that's called fellowship. And then we look at the third calling in your life. You're called to become. You see, God has plans for your life. He made you to become what he wants you to be. Not just to be satisfied with the status quo, but to grow, to mature, to mature in your faith, to become more and more like Jesus Christ in your character, in your integrity, and in your relationships. And this process of becoming more and more like Jesus is what we call discipleship. So you're called to be loved, you're called to belong, and you're called to become. Then last week, we we looked at the fourth calling on your life. You're called to bless. You are called to bless others. You see, God didn't put you on earth to live a selfish little life where it's all about me. No, it's not all about you. It's all about God, and it's all about others. You see, we find our true purpose only as we give our lives away. Last week, many of you signed up at our ministry fair, and that was awesome. And it's not too late to still sign up. And I hope that your small group has decided to, to, to team up together and that you as a group will be a blessing to others. As, the, as I bless other people, I am blessed yourself and myself. And as I help others, you know what? I am helped. We call that ministry. And so today we look at the the fifth purpose, the fifth calling. And this calling is the calling of being sent, being sent out, of going on a mission. And I'm called to be love, I'm called to belong, I'm called to become, I'm called to bless. And this morning I am called to be sent. And what's that mission? Well, it's a great commission. It comes from Jesus Christ himself, which is for all believers. It's found in Matthew chapter 28, 19. And our mission, we are called to be sent out. What to do? To go out and to make disciples of all nations. All of us. God created us to be sent, to go out. Not to hunker down, but to go out. You know, our, our son is in high school, and he's taking a history class. And we were talking about this the other day. He was learning about, uh, about Europe in the 14th century. And, I, you know, I really love history. We can learn a lot from the past. But, but God's plan for history, if you want to know the purpose of history, here it is. History is his story. History is his story. So what is God's plan for history? Well, here it is. He's gathering a family. God is gathering a family. God is gathering a family that will love and live with him forever. And the Bible makes this very, very clear. It started in the Old Testament and then it continues in the New. And now today, 
we, as the followers of Jesus Christ, as believers, we are to pass that on to others. God's plan for history is that he's gathering a family that will love and live with him forever. You know, if God didn't want a family, he wouldn't have created the universe. If God didn't want a family, he wouldn't have created the human race. If God didn't want a family, he wouldn't have created you and me. The Bible says in Ephesians 1.5, his unchanging plan, and you can see it up there on the screen, his unchanging plan, meaning God's unchanging plan, has always been to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. And this, and this gave him great pleasure. What a verse. So you see, all of us are created by God. All of us are loved by God. But hear this. But not everybody is automatically a child of God. Let me say that again. We're all created by God, we're all loved by God, but not everybody is automatically a child of God. You've got to choose to be in his family. It's not an automatic thing. Why? Because God loves us. And he gave us the ability to choose. He didn't force it upon us. He didn't program us like a computer or like a robot. He said, I want to give you the freedom to choose to love me if you want to. And if you choose not to love me and not be a part of my family, you can choose that too. I love you so much, I'm giving you the choice. So you've got to choose to be in the family of God. And it's an individual. And it's a personal choice. I cannot choose it for my wife or for my son or for my daughter. You cannot choose it for me. I have to make that own choice myself. It's an individual and personal choice. But that's what salvation is all about. John 3.16, we all know that first, right? Jesus dying on the cross for our selfishness and sin. Jesus offering forgiveness. Jesus offering hope for a brighter tomorrow. Jesus offering the promise of eternal life. Jesus offering the promise to become a part of God's forever family. You see, this salvation is offered as a free gift. And all we need to do is acknowledge and agree with God that we are a sinner in need of God's salvation. And I trust that each of you today have made that personal choice, that you've made that personal decision, and that you have chosen to love God, that your sins have been forgiven that you have received Jesus into your life, and that you have become a part of God's family. And if you haven't done so, it's my prayer, my, my earnest prayer, that you would do so even before the end of this service. And you'll be given an opportunity to do that as well. You see, but for God to gather his family, Somebody has to share the good news. Here's what the Bible says in Romans 10, 13 through 15. Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's, that's a promise. 
But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? There's that word, sent. This is the fifth calling in your life. You are called to be sent. That is what the scriptures mean. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. What this verse means is this. My fifth purpose in life, my fifth calling in life is this. I'm sent to bring others into God's family. Let me say that one more time. I'm sent to bring others into God's family. And in the Great Commission, Jesus said, Go to the people of all nations and make them my disciples. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And teach them to do everything I have told you. This commission was given to every follower of Jesus. Not just to the pastors and, and the missionaries alone. Hear this. This is your commission from Jesus. It is not optional. It is not just a suggestion or a recommendation or even an advice. If you are part of God's family, your mission is mandatory. To ignore it, it would be disobedience. So you see, our, our fifth purpose is quite simple. It's really our mission in life. It's simply to share the gospel. And the gospel means the good news of Jesus Christ. So our mission, our purpose is simple. It's simply to share the good news of Jesus Christ with others who don't know him. Especially our loved ones. I'm going to have a little conversation with my wife here. Debbie, um, I know you have a couple of brothers, but tell, tell us about your brother, Neil. My brother, Neil, is a Salvation Army officer, and he's, he's 41 years old, and he has about four children, young children, and it was about a year and a half ago that he, he got a call from his doctor and was told that he has a liver, uh, uh, no, he has a bile duct cancer that has spread to his liver, and uh, he was diagnosed with stage four. And uh, ever since then, he has been um, doing a lot of testing. And that also, the doctor also told him that there's no cure. Hmm. Not even a surgery or anything like it. But right now, he is, we're praying for a miracle and testing and just finding out ways to find that cure. Okay. Wow. Do you know any others in similar situations like your brother, Neil? Well, as I think about it, there's a lot. There's a lot who are struggling with cancer. And... There's a lot who are also struggling with many issues in, in their lives that maybe feel like at times it feels like cancer, an illness, uh, losing a loved one, or having some kind of um, depression that is just so hard to deal with, uh, a situation in the family that just, there seems to be no hope. Hmm. And you just want that situation to end, but it just seems so hopeless hmm. and helpless. Well, let me ask this question. If... If I had the cure for Neil's cancer, 
But I kept it a secret. I didn't tell you or I didn't tell your family. I didn't tell the doctors or anybody. Wouldn't that be awfully cruel of me? Yes, it would be. If I had that good news and didn't tell people, I, I would be a selfish fool, wouldn't I? And if, and if I had a foolproof cure, say, for depression, and I didn't tell any about it, wouldn't that be criminal? Well, well, you know what? God has given us an even greater message, even greater news, something that we should be compelled to share with anyone in need. And that good news tells us how to have our sins forgiven. That good news tells us how we can have our guilt removed. And there's so many people today living under this load of guilt. And that good news will tell us how to have our past forgiven. That good news will tell us how to have peace of mind, peace in our heart. And that good news tells us that there is a purpose for my life. And that good news tells us how to have hope for the future. And that good news tells us that we have the promise of eternal life. And to not, to not share that good news would be criminal. You see, we have the greatest news in the world. Sharing it is the greatest gift that we can give to anyone else. You see, to impact the eternal destiny of other people is more important, far more important than any job or any achievement or any goal you will reach during your life here on earth. The results of you bringing others into God's family will last forever, forever. Nothing else you do will ever matter as much as helping people establish an eternal relationship with God. That's what God has called us to do. Now, you don't have to quit your job and become a missionary to Africa or anything like that. Although God may be calling some of you here this morning to a full-time service, to a full-time ministry, and if He is, don't say no. Don't say no if God is calling you. But God wants you to share the good news wherever you are. Right now. As a student, as a salesman, as a teacher or a manager or, or whatever you do, you should continually look for people God places in your path with whom you can share the gospel. My call to action to you today is quite simple. You see, our, our world is full of hurting and broken people who are longing for a sense of hope that only Jesus can provide. Each of you were given a little coin when you came in this morning. I want you to take it out and kind of feel it and maybe look at it and I know it's just a toy coin I know it's just a token and there's a little dollar sign on it and coins represent value don't they 
people are valued by God. And so my call to action to you this morning is I want you to think of one person you know, just one, who needs the Lord. Maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's a spouse. Maybe it's a child or a parent, an aging parent. Maybe you have an aging parent and you're not sure if they know Jesus or not and they need the Lord. Maybe it's a friend or a coworker or a neighbor, but I want you to do that. I want you to think of someone who you want to see in heaven and live with them in eternity in God's family. I want you to think of one person who needs the hope that only God can give. The call to action is go. Go and share the love of Christ with them. Now some of you may be saying, wow, that's it's kind of scary. How do I do that? Well, it's, it's simple. You just share yourself with them. You share what you have. And you have the love. You have the love that you've received from God. Tell them about the peace you enjoy. Because God gives you a peace that passes all understanding. Tell them about the joy of the Lord that is your strength. Just talk about it. Just share that with them. Share what Christ has done for you and what he can do for them. Be a light in this dark world. Do you have somebody in mind? Do you have somebody in mind? You know, Billy Graham. Billy Graham, one of the, a very renowned evangelist. He started a new campaign, and it's called My Hope America. And he wants to evangelize. He wants to get the gospel message into as many homes as possible in America. And I would encourage you to go to his website, myhopewithbillygram.org. And it gives you an opportunity to share the gospel with others in a very, very simple way. But he came up with some statistics that he did some research, and we'll have it up here on the screen. And these are some very revealing stats. And it says, out of 100 average Americans, look at these stats. Out of 100 average Americans, three are grieving the death of a loved one. Seven. Seven out of 100 people are struggling with depression. Some are considering suicide. These are real numbers. Seven abuse or are addicted to drugs and or alcohol. Eight out of 100 are struggling with the loss of a job. We know people like this, don't we? 14%, 14 people out of 100 average Americans feel crippled or trapped by fear and anxiety. And then the last statistic, 60%. 60% of the average American don't profess to be born again. Do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Do you know someone that fits in these categories? 
a loved one? Think of that person. More than anything else, people need hope. People need the Lord.
I'm going to ask you to bow your heads. And as we draw our service to a close this morning, I want to do two things. First of all, I want to make sure that you are part of God's family. If there's any doubt in your mind, if there's any uncertainty that you're not part of God's family, that you've not asked Jesus to come into your heart and into your life to forgive your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness, as God's Word says, then you make that decision today. It's a decision that will last for eternity. So don't leave this room this morning without being absolutely sure about where you stand in relationship to God. And then the second thing, our purpose, our fifth purpose in life is that we are sent by God. And I challenged you this morning to think of just one person, not, not a whole group of people or a whole nation or a whole country, but just one person. And this coin that we hold in our hands represents that person. And God has placed that person in, on your heart and on your mind. And so I want, what I want you to do, as the music is being played this morning, I want you to take a step of faith. I want you to come to the front here, and you can see there's two crosses on either side of the stage. And there's this blue cloth that's flowing down the stage. And I want you to bring your coin, which represents that person you are thinking about that needs the Lord, that needs hope in their life. And I want you to come and bring that coin and place it at the foot of the cross. Now, it's just a representation. But we need to bring people to the foot of the cross, to Jesus Christ. And if there's nothing else you can do for that person, you can at least pray for them. And you pray for them by bringing them to Jesus Christ. And then ask God to help you to talk to them, to share with them, to pray with them. God's called each of us to go out, to bring others into the family of God. So those two things make certain of your own salvation. And then secondly, come and place that person, someone that's probably very dear to you, place them at the foot of the cross of Jesus Christ.